First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't generate amusing holiday cards, but it will personalize career paths for your people and let you know which suppliers are best so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So, Kate, what does a typical workday morning look like for you? Well, it has changed a lot over the last few years, and I think it will kind of change for the next <laughs> decade or two <laughs> as well. Like my... um Morning routine is kind of going to be out of my hands for a while, I think. But my pre-kid life now seems kind of luxurious to me. I bet. Um, <laughs> but my morning routine when my son was a baby was actually a lot more stressful than it is now because I had to get up earlier to breastfeed, and obviously he couldn't like do anything for himself, so I had to like do a lot more. But these days, it's not too bad. I get up around 7 a.m., and I help him get ready, and then I get myself ready while he plays or, like, helps. In, <laughs> in air quote, <laughs> helps my, my husband get breakfast ready. We watch the news. We actually have, it's really nice right now, we have, like, a little bit of time, like, 10 minutes or so to, like, play and read before we have to get out the door to get to daycare and work around, like, 8.30. And thankfully right now also, I don't have a very long commute, so I'm usually in the office by 9.30. I will say, however, that my weekend mornings are actually very similar. <laughs> There's like no difference between a weekday and a weekend morning. There is no more sleeping in. I always say this like, remember before we had a kid and I would set the alarm for 10 a.m. On, <laughs> on Saturday. So I'd make sure not to miss the 11 a.m. yoga class, like setting an alarm for 10 a.m. <laughs> um, but what about you? What does yours look like? I know that you um, have experimented with this a lot. And I know that you exercise in the mornings, which is like baffling to me. Um, I've never been able to make myself do that. Yeah, I'm really obsessed with morning routines, as anyone who has probably read any of my work knows. And I definitely am still experimenting. But I will preface by saying that I don't have children. So I feel like it is very luxurious. I have the luxury of controlling my environments. And the only noise I wake up to is, you know, sirens, which we live in New York City. That's going to happen <laughs> whether or not, you know, we like it. So I usually get up um, around 5.20 a.m. and then I meditate for about 10 or 15 minutes. I drink a glass of water, I make coffee. And then I do a little bit of journaling. It took me a while to get into the gratitude bandwagon when I heard about it. I thought it sounded super cheesy and I was really skeptical that it would do anything. But I will say that since I forced myself to do it, it has really helped because I've, you know, been able to reflect and be thankful for all the simple things. And I feel like it does put my day-to-day -day stress in perspective because my problems are really usually tiny and insignificant in the bigger scheme of things. And then, yeah, I usually exercise, then I shower, get ready for work and head to the office. I do intermittent fasting, so my first meal is usually lunch. And I know that doesn't work for everyone and it goes against the whole you should never skip breakfast advice, but it's really worked well for me productivity-wise. And when I get to the office, the first thing I do is either write down the six things that I have to do that day, or if I'm organized, I would have already written them down the night before. And I just try and knock out a small task before I start on the things that I really don't want to do. Oh, okay. So there's, there's several things about that morning routine I can't, <laughs> I can't understand personally. Like one is the, the meditating first thing. I feel like I would fall asleep. Yeah, That's I have fallen asleep a couple of times, but then my alarm would wake me up and was like, oh, I have to go and come out of my meditation now. They're like, okay, I count that as meditating. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is I definitely can't skip breakfast. I get low blood sugar, and I know like years ago I used to do the same thing. Like I would skip breakfast, and I nearly passed out on the subway. So now I eat two breakfasts every morning. Right. <laughs> I eat one at home and around like 8 a.m., and then I eat another one um, at work around 11 a.m. But it definitely sounds like you're a proponent of the whole eat the frog, like do your hardest task first. I certainly know that that advice 
but I tend to kind of like ease myself into my day by doing a lot of little things like responding to emails and Slack messages and stuff when I first get into the office. Yeah, I try to, but I don't immediately do the hardest thing because sometimes that frog is really time consuming and sometimes it's something that takes a lot of back and forth communication. Like, you know, you need to organize this thing and you, you need to contact this person and wait for them to get back to you. And I'm sure you know that that can, you know, eat up a significant chunk of our time. So I do like to do an easier task to get that big win of the day. Yeah, it's like certainly not a good feeling to start something big at 9 a.m. and then six hours later you realize you haven't finished it and you haven't gotten anything else done. So I totally get the the logic of wanting to like knock off a couple of like easier things first. And also like as I learned from our chronotype episode in our last season, my peak time is kind of mid-morning and that's actually when I'm usually kind of get in the zone of working on bigger projects like I have you know taking care of all of the littler tasks and Mm. can like dive into that still probably checking emails and slack might not be the best use of of my time the first thing in the morning but it does feel like something that I can get off my plate and then I kind of like don't have that temptation to check it later like it's kind of taken care of is there anything unproductive that you want to get rid of when it comes to like what you do in the morning well, I really wish that I can skip the grooming part because that takes time. But yes. that's a whole other conversation yes. about women and professional expectations. Well, <laughs> although I will say that, and I think I told you this, I did a month where, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I did a month where mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to wear makeup for a month. I feel that that's unprofessional. And how messed up is it that I feel I like my face is unprofessional? But yeah, the the amount of time that it takes me to get ready, and I'm not a very high maintenance person versus the amount of time it takes my husband to get ready is kind of frustrating. Yeah, I know. It's like a source of resentment because I time myself because I try and, you know, you know, I try and cut time so that it's fast. And I was just like, I could just take this out of my routine. But anyway, um, another unproductive thing that I do is one that I feel like we hear about a lot. So I've been trying to get up earlier so that I can get to the office earlier. And how I've been doing it is I've been setting my alarm five minutes earlier a day. So it's I, I'm slowly easing myself into it rather than like, oh, I'm going to get up at five. Like, that's a shock. Do you and hit snooze? So, yeah, sometimes there has been times when I do. Um, and I don't stay in bed that long. Like, it's literally another five to ten minutes. Um, so I guess if you would have hit snooze when you set it five minutes later and you're hitting snooze when you hit it five minutes earlier, you're still getting up five minutes earlier. Well, usually I only hit snooze when I set it up five minutes later. So maybe I should just accept that that is the time I get up. But um, I'm also supposedly drinking coffee at the wrong time because I drink it half an hour after I wake up. And my excuse is that, well, I usually go to the gym and I've tried it with that coffee and it makes me super tired. Oof. Yeah, I can't. First of all, I would. Yeah, I can't get to the gym without like drinking coffee and and not having like that energy in you I can't imagine doing but yeah you're right we have covered the research that the best time to drink coffee is actually like two hours after you wake up but it's still it's such a habitual thing I have to have it first thing in the morning yeah I've tried it and it doesn't work for me (laughs) I think I think that just all all of this kind of just shows what constitutes a perfect morning routine is so personal to you like your own preferences but also your own circumstances there is though a lot of common practices that I think can help everybody have a more productive day welcome to secrets of the most productive people a productivity podcast where we try to figure out how to work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done I'm fast company assistant editor Anissa Purbasari Horton and I'm fast company deputy editor Kate Davis 
So this is our last episode for season two, and we want to end it with a bang. So if you read Fast Company, and specifically the work-life section, you've probably seen many articles about morning routines of the most successful people, and it's what we're tackling today. Yes, morning routines is a very popular topic, getting up earlier, how to make yourself a morning person, all of those things. But before we start digging into some of the common themes that we've seen in our coverage, I think it's important to talk about why having a morning routine can be helpful to productivity. Routines are the building blocks of who we are as people. There's a famous quote that's often attributed to Aristotle. I don't know if, you know, that's who it came from, but it's, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. And I think that really sums up why those little things that we do day to day really matters. I mean, we discussed this at length during our episode on New Year's resolution. If you want to achieve any big goal, the fastest way to get there is to break it up into small chunks and consistently do those things every day. So let's say you want to write a novel and you write 200 words a day for a whole year. Well, that's 73,000 words at the end of it. Right. And the reason why there is so much emphasis on morning routines is that it can really kind of set your tone for your day. I wouldn't go as far as to say... It can make or break your day because, you know, real life has unexpected things happen all the time. But taking the time in the morning to, like, get yourself in the right frame of mind um, can really go a long way. I mean, just think about what happens when you're not in the right headspace, when you have one of those mornings where, like, every single thing goes wrong and you get to work flustered and you you sit down and, like, already you're like, well, this is going to be a horrible day and I'm starting at a a deficit and you just have that attitude from the get-go. Yeah, I've definitely had those days, usually caused by train problems. Yep. Again, again um, you know, an inevitable part of living in New York. And I think that part of being able to reorient yourself to get to that ideal headspace is to be intentional with what you do rather than reacting. Okay, you can probably speak to this much more than I can, but I would imagine that having kids requires you to be reactive in the mornings anyway. And so I'm guessing it helps to minimize that muscle whenever you can. So for me, I minimize reactivity by not looking at my screens in the morning, uh, the exception being the app that I use when I work out. So I don't waste all my mental energy getting sucked into email, Slack, and social media vortex because that is terrible for doing deep work in the morning, which is when I focus best. Yeah, definitely having a kid is sometimes my mood or my or how my morning goes is dependent on his mood and how his morning yeah. his, it goes but it is easier i think for for me at least to compartmentalize that from uh, feeling stressed at work right. but i will say that not having a smartphone definitely helps me in that that screen issue that you were talking about because i feel like it takes away the 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 need or the the impulse to like answer emails and slack messages which really requires you to address other people's agenda and, and not really prioritizing your own. I think, honestly, I probably wouldn't spend that 10 or 15 minutes in the morning like playing and reading with him because I would be like looking at that and yeah. be kind of pulled away even if I was trying to do both. And social media, I think, honestly, is like such a time suck, especially in the mornings when it's so busy I, and I have to like get everything ready and get everybody out the door. Like the last thing I can imagine wanting to do is like, let me scroll through Twitter right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> the worst way to start your morning because yeah. it will make you feel bad in humanity. <laughs> yeah. And it seems too to me, like I know a lot of people do it because they want to stay up you know, on, on the news and what's going on. And I actually, like, I, I love local news and I love our local news uh, station in New York. And that's how I kind of keep like a brief little up on the news in the morning while I eat my breakfast. But yeah, I think like looking at Twitter and social media just seems like a waste of time to me early in the morning. And I think how you start your morning really does kind of set the tone for the day. And that's why I like having that like 10 minutes of time 
in the mornings that doesn't feel like an obligation. Like it doesn't feel like something I have to do. And that's probably, you know, why you like maybe working out and meditating mm-hmm. and stuff is like you have your own time. And I had this friend years ago who would get up really early in the morning and like make an omelet and like really like have like a, a weekend type morning for himself in the mornings. And I was like, how do you do that? And he was I don't want to feel like a cog in the machine. He's like, I don't want to feel like I just owe my life to my job and I just get up and have to work. And I was like, right. oh, yeah, but I still don't want to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe if you have a delicious omelet. A bit, True. But... If someone else made me the omelet. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, I think that's a good place for this week's You Might Want to Write This Down. Now, we'll learn later from my expert guest that an effective morning routine depends on individual circumstances, goals, and personalities. But there are common principles that many successful people follow when they design their morning routine. So press pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. How to design a better morning routine. Number one, start the night before. If you listen to our episode on sleep and chronotype, you probably know that getting a good night's sleep makes a huge difference when you wake up. For starters, getting out of bed is a lot less painful when you're well rested. And it usually means it becomes easier to do everything that you want to do in your morning routine. Number two, find and commit to a practice that puts you in a positive mindset. So some people swear by meditation, whereas others find their exercise fulfills this function. Others, like Fast Company contributor Daniel Dowling, doesn't get out of bed until he finds something to be grateful for. So whatever works for you, commit to it and make it non-negotiable. This can help you tackle any curveballs that you'll definitely get hit with at some point in your day. Number three, plan and prioritize. The mornings are a great time to reflect on your to-dos so you can move through your day with intention rather than putting out whatever fires come your way. Of course, there are days when you'll have to do that, but understanding what's important makes it easier to navigate those volatile days. We'll be right back after this. This episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People is brought to you by Citrix. Chances are you've attempted to declutter and organize your home or office, but what about your digital clutter? Well, Citrix has us covered. With Citrix Digital Workspace, every file and app is in one place, so you can easily find what you need to knock out your never-ending to-do list. With Citrix, your work life can be as tidy as your home life. Learn more at citrix.com how. And that's a great place for us to introduce our guest for today. Benjamin Spohr is the co-author of My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. He is also the co-founder of MyMorningRoutine.com, an online publication that publishes the morning routines of people who are leaders in their fields, from CEOs, religious leaders, to pro athletes. He is a writer and editor by trade, and we're so excited to have him join us for this episode. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, so here at Fast Company, we write a lot about morning routines because we find that our readers are super obsessed with them. And I'm curious when you started becoming obsessed with morning routines and when you decided to go on a quest of interviewing people about what their morning routines were like. Was there a catalyst for you? Yeah, it was absolutely from me wanting to know these answers myself. So I, uh, when I started the website, so the book was a website originally, when I started the website with uh, Michael Zander back in 2012, uh, we just wanted to know how to be more productive in the morning. We wanted to know how to get more out of our days. Uh, so we just started interviewing people. And to begin with, we were just interviewing friends. And over time, it kind of increased. We got bigger and bigger names. Um, and it was just fascinating to notice how a lot of the things people said they do in the morning, there, there was great correlation. Like very, very different people would be doing very di- uh, similar things, which is how we kind of, we realized we were onto something at that point. What similar things do 
do all of these successful people do? Well, one thing is uh, less to do on mornings, but more to do with what you do the night before, which is uh, getting enough sleep. And it sounds really simple, but so few of us actually do it. Um, if you don't get enough sleep the night before, like your morning routine is going to be shot. You're going to really struggle to get through it. Uh, so that is the one message I say to anyone who wants to get, have a good morning routine is just make sure you're getting between seven and nine hours of sleep the night before uh, to just give yourself that space. And all of us struggle with this. Like, I often don't get that much sleep. Um, but it's the one thing that really does make a big difference in the morning. So is there, like, there's a lot of stories of, of like, um, CEOs and other really successful people that get up at, like, four in the morning. Do, have right. you found that, that, that being an early riser is part of it as well or no? It really, it really depends. So we did speak, like, for the book, we did speak with people like General Stanley McChrystal. And I could be wrong, but I believe he gets up at four o'clock exactly, as you say. And people like that, they really do thrive on it. And for the most part, I do believe when people do get up earlier and they give themselves that space, I personally do that now, give yourself an hour or so in the morning just to kind of ease into the day. I think that's great. But there are, of course, uh, late risers and people who kind of work night shifts. So for them, it's going to change around. Um, but I definitely do recommend just giving yourself that much more time in the morning to allow yourself to do these different things. Yeah. So since interviewing these um you know, people about their morning routines from various fields. Have you changed how a typical morning looks like for you? And what? how did you decide what things to adopt? Because I know that when I read your book, there were so many things, you know, right. that were so different with each other. And some of them, you know, do have give contradicting advice. And it can be quite confusing right. to know what habits do I adopt? Like, how did you decide that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there definitely is some contradicting advice. So I'd say, first of all, like, do what works for you and what makes you feel good. Um, but certainly, like I said, I've been doing the website for about seven years now. So during that time, a lot has changed. I, I got married. I've moved country. So a lot of my mornings have changed. Right now, I recently moved to New York City a couple months ago. Uh, my mind routine has changed dramatically. I get up pretty early at, say, about 6.30, 6.45. And I do spend that first kind of hour or so just really, I, I write, I read, I meditate, and just give myself time to really ease into the day and get from that kind of sleepy state to being ready to get up and work. And it really is a beautifully relaxing time for me. I often have tea. Um, and people in the book and we've spoke, who we've spoken with for the website say similar things. Just giving themselves that time in the morning is a great way to ease into it and then enjoy the rest of your day as a result. Yeah, and in your book, you also divide you know, a lot of the aspects of morning routines into specific things. So you've mentioned sleep and you've also, you also had a section on productivity, exercising, parental duties, and you kind of summarize the common themes across those things at the end of the chapter. Can you share what some of those common themes were and if any of them surprise you? Yeah, so I guess for parents, that wasn't the most surprising thing, but what was surprising is they did, many parents we spoke to do have a morning routine, but they realize, as I'm sure many people listening to this will uh, relate to, they realize that they just need to get those little moments in whenever they can. So we say that if you have children, if you have young children and they are on a sleep schedule for the most part now, uh, do make sure that you kind of you move around that so you can yourself get up a little bit earlier or at least be working while they're kind of getting up themselves. And other aspects, for example, uh, evening routines we talk about, many people, myself included, get a lot of joy out of kind of getting stuff done in the evening, getting stuff ready for the morning. So, for example, you wake up and you don't have all the washing up to do, you don't have like this mess around the house. Uh, getting everything sorted and kind of setting that space for the morning is a great way to go. I think that's a really good point. I'm a parent of a young child, and I 
don't like when you said get up earlier. I'm like absolutely not. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I can say that I do agree with the with the evening, like setting things up in the evening, like getting everything as much as you can taken care of in the evening does make the mornings go a lot easier. I think that's it really, really does. Yeah, and I think that's really like practical advice um, for people. But I wonder if there are any misconceptions that people have when it comes to morning routines, particularly of successful people, aside from they all get up at 4 a.m. Is there something that people tend to believe that successful people do that's just not true? Yeah, I would say one thing, well, a few things. But first of all, is that people think, you know, we have this book, it has people's morning routines. People think that you need to uh, completely copy one. You need to choose, like, for example, Ariana Huffington's morning routine or Emma Crystal's morning routine and just copy that as it is and do it that way. But in reality, that's not what you should do at all. You should look through everything. And like we, at the end of each chapter in the book, we come up with kind of examples that we've taken from a lot of different people and really kind of uh, use what works for you and try things out. Something may not work. You know, you may want to try meditation, but in reality, it's not actually something you enjoy. But see what works for you over time and then take those changes instead of kind of feeling like you're being spoon-fed because many people don't like that. Many people get put off by the idea of us telling them exactly what to do versus giving them a bunch of different ideas that they can try out. So, it, I mean, it makes it makes good sense to not think you need to copy somebody's morning routine because you're right, like, meditation doesn't work for everybody. Are there some things that you think do work for everybody, like the, the setting things up the night before? Are there some just, and, and obviously in getting enough sleep, are there some, like, building blocks of a productive morning routine mm-hmm. regardless of who you are? Yeah, no, I, I would say absolutely getting enough sleep, as you mentioned, and also setting stuff up the night before. Um, another thing that really does come up all the time is the idea of if you get off track, if you don't complete your morning routine one morning, this could be because you know you have a sick, uh, sick child and you need to do something in the morning that is a little bit different. Don't worry about it. Don't dwell on it and just get back to it the next day instead of feeling like your morning routine is ruined and you can't, you know, you can't start again for another week or another month. Just get back to it and don't think of it as a kind of streak system where you have to cross off every day. Just, uh, you know, if you fail, just jump back on that horse. Yeah, I have definitely <laughs> experienced one of those days. And I think that <laughs> the changing an attitude is definitely very key. Why do you think morning routine? I mean, you know, you mentioned that it for you, it's a way to ease into the day, but it's kind of become like the linchpin of productivity now. People see it as it can kind of make or break your day. Is there any other reason why having a consistent routine is such a crucial part to having a productive day? Yeah, I believe it really, it does, as you say, it's the beginning of the day. It's that moment after getting out from sleep, you kind of ease into it. And for me personally, at least, and for many of the people I've spoken with, um, it just makes a difference in that if you have a rushed morning, if you have a morning which you're all over the place, you know, you're slowly eating breakfast and you're dropping your coffee everywhere, it really is a bad start to the day. And so many of us, we have jobs nowadays where we're communicating, we're on Twitter all day, we're on email all day. We really, we've got a lot going on. So to give ourselves those minutes, those minutes to ourselves, that kind of time to relax, to read, to meditate, to do yoga, it really is a great way to ease into the day and have a great way of um, just, just relaxing, kind of having that you time. Also, uh, you talk in your book about how there isn't a perfect morning routine in, for everyone. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that y- the idea of this book and your website is for people to kind of pick and choose what might be useful for them. So say you're giving advice to someone who is living in a reactive state and, you know, they're not intentional about how they design their morning routine and they don't even know how to start in terms of implementing a habit that they can stick with like what advice would you give them in terms of where they should start 
So I would definitely say just try to get up five minutes earlier, and that, that will give you the time to really think about what you want to do. And as you say, for a very reactive person, uh, maybe just start with meditating. So meditating doesn't have to be like very woo-woo as people think of. You can just sit down, close your eyes for five minutes, you can put in earplugs or put in one of those uh, apps to have like the nice uh, C sound, something that will relax you. And that's, I, I found personally when I meditate, I don't go into this calm state exactly, but I find it is a great way to sort through my mind and think about things that are coming up for the day and for the week and to really think about what's important and what I should be working on. Um, so personally for me, that is a great way to, that's a great way to start. I really get into it. Great. That's all the questions that we have. Was there anything else, you know, around morning routines that we hadn't covered that you wanted to mention to our listeners? Um, I think the most important points I would just say is just to make sure you get enough sleep, as I mentioned earlier. And then second of all, another point I've mentioned, which is just making sure you don't see one missed day as a complete setback to your whole routine. Just get back on it the next day and don't see it as a failure, just see it as your ability to adapt to what's going on around you. Great. Well, Benjamin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much. This has been great. Well, I do agree with the sleeping thing, but unfortunately, it's not something that everyone controls. Like, as you say, if you have a kid and then, you know, the kid wakes you up. Well, I think, yeah, the biggest thing it was like, um, I don't know if you saw me when he was saying like, or get up a little bit earlier. And I was like shaking no. my head, like <laughs> not going to do that, sir. Yeah. But, um, but he did make a good point, And it is true that I think. And we talked about it a little bit, too, that I think people miss in the morning routine part is the evening routine. Yeah. And the getting more sleep can even be part of, like, and we've covered this before, of like, setting a bedtime alarm. Yeah. You know, you think about setting a wake-up alarm, like setting a bedtime alarm. I'm going to go to bed at this time because there's so much, like, leisure time creep of, like, oh, I finally got all my chores done and all of my responsibilities done. Now I'm just going to watch TV and then, yeah, oh, exactly. I'm going to do another one. And then it's like, oh, wait, another a half hour slipped away or whatever. Yeah. It's easier to let time slip, I think, in the, in the evenings. And then he made the very good point of like getting as much done in the evenings, too, even if it's like setting out your clothes for the next yeah. day, like that sort of thing that doesn't take up the time in the morning when you're tired and you're like, Ugh, and you're just like standing there staring at your closet and trying yeah. to figure out the weather. And yeah. Yeah, I will say that I remember when I started making my lunch the night before and it seems like such a small thing because it probably takes like five to ten minutes, but for some reason it seemed like I saved 20 minutes. Well, that's the thing is I feel like five to ten minutes in the morning is a much more valuable five to ten minutes than it is in the evening. Yeah, that's especially true. Especially when it comes to being tired or feeling rushed or like having to be somewhere or do something, like those little amounts of time seem more precious in the morning. And that's it for this week's episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. How do you start your mornings? Do you have any habits that you swear by? Let us know using the hashtag FCMostProductive. We want to thank you all for listening to Season 2 of Secrets of the Most Productive People. And stay tuned for more info on our next season starting in June. In the meantime, you can find more articles about morning routine in the show notes below. And our tips on what makes a productive morning in the You Might Want to Write This Down segment. And you can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to listen to our other podcast, Creative Conversation.